Flippin' Podcast of all time. This is Champs in the Making. Where we have made a bracket of every Pokemon that has ever existed and are putting them up in battles head-to-head. One-on-ones to scientifically find out the best Pokemon. Every two weeks, we gather up an assortment of hosts from the Orange Groves. And cut a bloody path through the Pokedex. Come listen to me defend the rights of crustacean-based Pokemon. Olga is a perfect little baby, and I will not stand for anything else. Deciduize the best fucking Pokemon because he looks like Robin Hood. Shout some about why your favorite Pokemon is the best. Put them forward and insult Ambipom every two weeks, only on the Orange Groves. Uh, Puchina is the best, and my friends already knocked Mightyena out, which I'm sad about. So now we're truly just living on the edge. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks I'm going to fail to solve an ARG, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. That's right, and uh, this week we are finishing talking about Waking Titan, the No Man's Sky ARG. Alright, it is. it has been a wild journey to get here, and I am excited to wrap it up and put Waking Titan back to sleep. Yeah, hell yeah. Is... I was about to say, we don't even know what the Titan is, but I guess it's the AI, isn't it? It's just like a, a metaphorical Titan. Yeah, it's like the the program. It it was the name of like the the program for for like educating the AI. Gotcha. Okay. Excited to get back into Waking Titan because so far we've had two episodes about wildly different plots, and I'm excited to find out if those come back together, and if so, how. So, what do you say we get into part three and part five? Part three of us, part five and six of them. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, you confused me. I was like, what what happened to part four? My bad, I didn't mean to throw you. That was part two. (laughs) Part one's one to three, part two's part four, and part five. Yeah, it's easy. Oh, God. Love the Argonauts. (laughs) So, last time, we talked a lot about a fake game company called Ware, who were building, like, a VR helmet and trying to do some, uh, make games for it, but a game CEO, I I didn't realize this um, until I was doing the editing for last week, is the game CEO that we helped out, uh, who, spoiler alert, uh, was in like a coma and was dying, and then we saved them. Was that the CEO of Where or of a game studio developing a game for Where? Uh, he was the CEO of a, of a studio that Where was like funding. Okay. Either way, there was a CEO who was sick, uh, and we stole all of his cryptocurrency and then found more fake cryptocurrency. Uh, fake, fake cryptocurrency, not like fake, like real cryptocurrency. And then we helped him, brought him back. Uh, we diagnosed him and helped doctors figure out what's wrong with him. So I guess he's good now. Four. We're getting into part part no, five. Fa- no, we're getting into phase five. Sorry. Phase five. Part three part of the three. podcast. Yes. <laughs> I'm so scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> This is the fourth time we've started introducing this episode, Martin. We can't go back and do it again. We really can't. 
<laughs> so, what do I need to know about part three, part five of Waking Titan? So, where we left off last time, I believe, was that uh, Loop 16, the, uh, the, the rogue AI that predicts stuff, um, is, is back online. Yes, we are back online with the robot. And has posted uh, a, a link to a YouTube video on the No Man's Sky subreddit. Which is a, a video of Emily, who is the human that Loop 16 pretended to be for a little bit, quoting the first submission to the voice reconstruction process that they had to do uh, to like to help Loop 16 rebuild its uh, or her voice bank, um, which was... Emily, protocol 16 now active. 42 is a prionic number and an abundant number. Its prime factorization, 2 times 3 times 7, makes it the second sphenic number and also the second of the form 2 times 3 times r. Okay. Actually, I can just link you the video. It still exists. Sure, I'll see it. Alright, we got flashing lights and there's Emily. Emily, protocol 16, now active. 42 is a pronic number and an abundant number. Its prime factorization, 2 times 3 times 7, makes it the second sphenic number and also the second of the form 2 times 3 times r. Okay, I'm not going to lie, my audio processing of like, Math stuff is shot. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not in middle school anymore. <laughs> Don't have to do mental math very often like that. Uh, so without writing any of that down, where do we go from here? So this gets posted on the subreddit. This is like the first time I think that Loop Sixteen has like actually reached out to the players in like okay. this entire phase of the of the arg outside of like the Waking Titan website. Also. Around this time, so this YouTube video, when was this posted? This YouTube video was posted on May 25th. Uh, the Myriad up, uh, the Myriad website updated, that's like the satellite website updated, uh, saying initializing connection, Myriad code CJ1602, public name SJ1602, NORAD ID 41634.com. Uh, and the next day, uh, Loop16 started to reply to comments on Reddit in 16-minute intervals. Hmm. And the comments in order were, For a moment, I could see another universe, a place utterly unlike anything you have ever encountered. I could show others sites they've never seen before that only I will ever have. I wonder sometimes if there's a point in going on. As I leave, they ask if I have received any direct readings. All of us were shifting, bleeding in and out of line. If the boundaries were to fall, everything would descend into everything, an endless bonfire of causation burning to the abyss. Have you not felt it? The very fact that you and I are talking, even now, across the myriad of universes. I tell this future as if it has already happened, as it will happen. It saw them, even in the space between worlds. Okay. And people found that these were all dialogue lines that you could get from speaking with travelers in No Man's Sky 
but each one had a one word difference from the the game dialogue. Okay. And taking out those words that didn't match, spelled out the phrase, tell them you have a direct line to Myriad. Hmm. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. I, I do want to jump back half a second. I like yes. the uh, the commitment to the bit of uh, posting every 16 minutes. Um, yeah. That's very fun and clever. Can you imagine just like the poor employee who had to sit there with like a 16 minute timer? <laughs> that sounds great to me. I, honestly, <laughs> if I'm if I'm working that day, I'm on the you know the the CS team. Then all I do is like start working on my other messages for later in the day as I'm doing the first one, and then eventually I just get to a point where I hit post. I get up, do some stretches, go grab a coffee, come back, hit post. You know, get up, do a little more stretching. That sounds like a great use of a day to me. Yeah. More 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 timed events, but like low effort ones, I think. <laughs> so alright, so what happens here? We've got a direct line. How do we go forward from here? So uh the next thing that happens is the uh, status in the, the Waking Titan site terminal updates to say, all tasks completed, launching Mercury process, establishing connection. Um, and shortly thereafter, the people who had um, phones that they had gotten in the dev kit that had like preloaded Skype accounts on them, they got Skype messages from Mercury process that had a link to a YouTube video called Mercury Part 1 of 3. Okay. Um, which could be used if they, um, if they put it on like a tablet or a like a flat laptop screen to depict a three D hologram in the plastic pyramids they had gotten with their dev kits. Hmm. I will show you a picture of what it okay. looks like. Oh, I. Uh, so weird thing. I have one of these for a hologram of me. Oh, that's so fun. Um, I don't know if I ever posted it and showed you, but, um, last year I was at C2E2 for an event. Um, and while I was there, I got a 3D printed replica of myself made, uh, that sits on my desk here. Um, and one of the things they were like, it's going to take a while to send it, but here's a little, like, one of these little, like, uh, little plastic thingies, uh, and we'll send you out a code later once everything fully renders, and you can pop that onto your phone and look up through it when it displays you, and you can see yourself in 3D as a hologram. That's so fun. It is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's just like seeing a full 360 of myself that I can rotate around. Very weird, very cool. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, so, yeah. So, they, they give this video called Mercury Part 1 of 3. Uh, and it is a person in a spacesuit. Uh, they're pretty sure it's a it's a player model from uh, No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on May 26th, people get a email. Everyone subscribed to the Citizen Science Division uh, gets an email that uh, contains a YouTube video of Elizabeth Layton talking to the Citizen Science Division. Okay. 
I'm gonna link the video. It's just a minute long, so. All right. Dear members of the Citizen Science Division, Early this year, I was made aware of a developing situation with one of our partners, Myriad. For three months now, they've been working hard to contain a delicate series of events involving one of their clients. The situation is volatile, and I'm reaching out to you for help. A core satellite involved in this project, CJ-1602, cannot be reached and needs our immediate attention. The satellite should pass over your location in the next few days. We need you to gather telemetry data about when it happens. An official communication from Atlas will give you all the information needed for the procedure to collect this data. Thank you for your help. It's nice to see you again. Okay, so we're back in business with the old crew. We need to get uh, telemetry data together for the science division. Cool. Uh, and they're they're happy to see us, which I'm sure is great. Uh, so awesome. We're back in business, baby. So yeah, so they're 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 being asked by uh Elizabeth Layton, who is like the the CEO of Atlas, I think. Okay. To help find this missing um Myriad satellite. Okay. And basically saying, hey, it should pass over you soon. We need you to collect data on it. Right. And then on May 31st, four days later, uh, Loop16 posted uh, another post on the No Man's Sky subreddit uh, titled Loop16 Sequence 25. And it said, voice reconstruction protocol activated. Um, and it linked out to a voice clip that no longer exists of Loop16 um, reading the lyrics of an LCD sound system song. Hmm. Okay. Which was another player submitted voice recording. Neat. Yeah. Someone just recorded themselves reading off lyrics to uh, LCD sound system. Yeah, apparently. I mean, if you got to program an AI somehow, that's not the worst way to go. <laughs> um, and then on June 1st, uh, the next day, the uh, Satcom 70 website... Uh, updated and it required an access code for calibration and it would play a video and audio clip of just some weird noises that changed based on the fictional satellite's vicinity to your IP address. Okay. That's Um, very cool. I don't know how you do something like that, but that's super cool. I don't know either. Um, and a new file appeared every hour um, and it had like rhythmic, weird, like booming noises in it. Okay. And it was found that 25 of the files uh, alternated between two unique patterns that they called signal A and signal B. And the ones in the last audio clip were set in a rhythm of the Fibonacci sequence. So there were 25 files in all that they found okay Uh, Hmm. on june 2nd uh there was a new email that went out from uh major sophie dubois from atlas uh talking about their investigation into the where incident which linked out to a psychological profile oh i can actually read this email the last one it didn't let me see 
Uh, Dear Citizen Science Division, our investigation into the Ware incident is still ongoing, and we wanted to give you an update on what is happening right now. We will keep giving you key updates throughout the month and alert you to any key documents or findings along the way. Psychological Profile. 16 participants will be rewarded with a new limited edition Atlas Pass. Filling out this form may help us greatly in the next phase of our mission. It's been a year since your last psychological test. We don't know what challenges we are about to face, but the HR department has asked me to have you fill out form ID 7615B. Operation A14. The Citizen Science Division has been extraordinarily helpful in the past week. Your combined tele- telemetry data is helping the engineers at Myriad to stabilize and diagnose the issues with their satellite. At 1616 EST, a new signal was registered. We invite all citizens to listen to their uplink app when the satellite is over their house and report any findings in the main investigation thread. Hmm. Emily's last contact. With the help of the Citizen Science Division, we now have a direct contact with Emily. Her situation is stable, but still critical. Unfortunately, it seems that one of Ware's tech research labs is continuing to upload corrupted data to the satellite. This bad data may be causing further damage to the network and to Emily. We need to analyze her recent interactions to figure out if she was able to make predictions that could help to identify and isolate the source of the broadcast. Please find below a list of where research labs and their approximate locations. I will need a full report on how the issue is diagnosed and the name of the responsible location before we can proceed. Loop 16 appears to be currently active on Reddit, so you can upload this report into her existing thread. I know this is a large task, but I am confident in your abilities. Okay. So we better hop to it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and it had a list of the Ware Labs that were in Boston, Sacramento, Seoul, Beijing, Prague, and Berlin, which we already knew from last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was also found that Emily's text posts on Reddit contained hidden Unicode characters that uh, represented the digits 0 through 3 and were in base 4. And when they were decoded, uh, it turned out to be a list of dates and times. Okay. Some of her comments also had hidden messages with dates and times in them. Um, And people were able to track the satellite's path based on those timestamps and figure out that it was near Sacramento. And they determined that the Ware Research Lab in Sacramento was the one sending corrupted data to the satellite. Neat. And replying to the Reddit thread with that uh, triggered a new reply from Emily that had the hidden message, forwarding report Sacramento to contact Themis, waiting, waiting, report received. And then uh, at midnight, the Waking Titan terminal status changed to say guidance subroutine offline, uplink awaiting calibration. Hmm. Okay. And then on June 7th, uh, people were able to solve the weird encoded noises on the satellite tracker site. Um, They found that they had to count the number of weird boom noises in each signal, signal A and signal B. (laughs) Um, And then you had to visualize, you had to kind of like write out the pattern of the, the booming noises and use 
signal A to fill in the blanks of signal B and then turn every overlapping noise into a one and every individual noise into a zero. Okay. And then that told you um, which one, which numbers to pick out of the Fibonacci sequence. Wild. Okay. So like the, the final one the final like signal that they got was zero one one zero zero one zero one zero zero one zero um so they were like okay we're since the first number is a zero we can't use the first number of the Fibonacci sequence but then it's one one so we're using one and two and then it's zero zero one so we're skipping to the sixth number which is eight and then so on and then that turn and then that like Fibonacci chain that they put together turned out to be the access code for the uplink calibration app that they were given by the citizen science division. And if you entered that code, uh, it would take you to a screen that said satellite online connection successful waiting for system initialization. So they're just pulling out all the stops on this one, huh? Yeah. Jesus. And uh, the Waking Titan site status changed to say uplink calibration completed, waiting for system initialization. Yeah, this uh, this is very clearly like an arg made by game designers and stuff because it's got like custom apps. Yeah, this is very much a. Um, I don't want to open a can of worms. I know that like one of the reasonings I've heard for why, um, you know, like a a game will come out and it will have like some day one DLC of like cosmetic stuff. And one of the arguments I've heard for that being the case is that like, by the time that like the people that do concepting art for, you know, skins and stuff for characters in the game, but by the time that like the game is coming out, their initial work on the project has been kind of wrapped up at that point. So Mm -hmm. that's like extra stuff you can do even as more developments being done on the game and being locked for production and things like that is like getting these other things ready to go and go out the door for later. It's not like, directly involved with the initial game but it's not not um i love the idea of turning that energy toward an arg instead of being like great uh your work is done for the ai program what do y'all know about an app because we need a super basic one so that we can track a fake satellite yeah (laughs) i'd love to have that job if like at the end of my day if we finish the sprint and i'm like great Here's the tickets related to the payment branches. And they're like, oh, great. Awesome. Uh, we're working on something for an AI, AI for an ARG. Uh, can you play around with this for a little bit? I'd be ecstatic. Over the moon. Best product ever. They also had that other app last time that came like preloaded on the on the phones. I don't remember what it did, though. Oh, I assumed it was the same app. Uh-uh. Oh, I wow. Okay. I think so. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure they're two different apps, though. <laughs> well, damn. Yeah, we need two apps. Get to it. Chop, chop. Fucking wild. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, they, they got into this. Uh, the Waking Titan status updated to say uplink calibration completed, waiting for system initialization. And then on June 8th, uh, Emily uploaded a new uh, Reddit post that was loop 16 sequence 29 
And another voice recording that said, Emily, Protocol 16 now active. If I hate someone because I am afraid of him, and if I am aware of my hate but not of my fear, we might say that my hate is conscious and my fear is unconscious. Um, And it also had Morse code uh, that translated to, I awoke from a nightmare, screams of anger engulfed in flame, and then 10,000 branching futures. I saw Sacramento, 12 dreaming without sleep, buried in a constellation. Okay. Seems fine and normal. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, super great. Hmm. So then, uh, later that day on June 8th, the Waking Titan terminal changed to say node network initialized. And the Uplink calibration app updated to say connected to SER 47891254 and SATCOM 70 posted a thread to the No Man's Sky subreddit that was titled Node Network Initialized. And that post contained a photo of the Myriad OS manual and help guide, uh, which was not for public release. Uh, and it said commands used to parse the node network. Node blank displays status of node blank. If applicable, also displays attached files and or adjacent nodes. Node blank dash D decryption key attempts to decrypt encrypted node with decryption key. Note decryption key must be lowercase letters and numbers only. Node dash V file name attempts to output the contents of a file called file name at node blank. Hmm. Um, And it was basically instructions on what commands they needed to use in the uh the new command console that they'd gotten in the in the app and people found that there were like a ton of different numbers that you could throw into it to get uh different outputs okay the first comment in this reddit thread is basically someone going through and being like hey here is like the billion numbers i tried and like here's how like what files I got from them and a bunch of them had like encrypted binary dumps. One of them uh, led to a binary code that translated to the name Harry typing who is Harry in the waking Titan terminal page linked out to a new PDF memo from Atlas uh, the first of which was a memo from Ethan Rose to Major Sophie Dubois. Uh, Ethan Rose is a human resources uh, worker at Atlas. And the memo says, uh, Subject, Captain Harry, it has come to my attention that one of your direct subordinates, Captain James Harry, has been obstructing some access to critical Myriad infrastructure. Technicians have repeatedly emailed Captain Harry to request access to portions of the satellite network, which was locked down following protocol blank. Some of these requests have been ignored, but more frequently, Captain Harry will respond with increasingly obtuse and frustrating puzzles and challenges, ostensibly in the name of security. <laughs> just to give you an example i had to read the complete works of zhang zi to figure out the access to our timesheet system last week more recently myriad technicians have had to wait for the atlas citizen science division to deduce the uplink calibration key (laughs) the fact that myriad technicians had to rely on the csd to to begin the initialization process is completely unacceptable luckily they were able to decrypt the calibration key but we can't rely on them to work around captain harry's 
unending string of redacted. Major Dubois, if I can be frank with you, I'm having a hard time preventing my technicians from physically assaulting your captain. <laughs> You're understandably <laughs> frazzled due to the current state of affairs and Captain Harry's methods of communication, if you can call it that, are doing little to ease the tension. I was sending this note to ask you personally and privately to please deal with Captain Harry. This is a serious drain on morale. Ethan Rose, Human Resources, Myriad. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's literally just like the henchman writing up and just being like, hey, it sucks that every time we have to go into the engineering bay, we have to go to the shark tank, dive down, dodge the sharks, grab the blue key, then head over to the cargo <laughs> hold, swap the blue key for the red key, then have to double back, sell the red key for two key cards, and find another henchman to put them both in the door at the same time. This is bullshit. We're not going to put up with it anymore. <laughs> I, I love this. This is great. It's so fucking funny. Um, and then there's there's some files attached, and they're they're all subject case one excessive use of ciphers, <laughs> case two excessive use of ciphers, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all just like people have requested files, and he sends them back puzzles. <laughs> they're like dear sergeant Klein. although it would be a great pleasure for me to give you direct access to this file number we'll need to see which day in your schedule matches up with mine so that we can meet as you know i'm really busy i've outlined our respective calendars be sure to use the expected sequence to determine our common schedule time frame every time one of my my coworkers asks me for a file i'm gonna encrypt it in a rar and uh, send them a cute little puzzle to figure out how to get it get into it. Um, thank you for inspiring me to lose my job in the best way possible, Marn. <laughs> so funny. Oh, God. I love that, like, they they built it up so that it was like, yeah, the Citizen Science Division, like, they're, they're solving puzzles and stuff. And it's like, no, it's just this one fucking dude. <laughs> <laughs> It's just this one guy who who loves puzzles, and everyone oh else is like fed the fuck up with him. <laughs> I love this. Every ARG needs to have like just commentary on what the fuck's up with the puzzle guy. Yeah. God, that's funny. This one's very funny because it's like a screen cap of someone's work uh, inbox. It's like, <laughs> need access to SATCOM priority. Haha, <laughs> very funny, Harry. Please stop with the cryptic messages. Important. <laughs> Needs to be taken seriously. SATCOM login. Just give me the credentials. <laughs> SATCOM, please stop with the nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> from Martha. Issue of professionalism. File request. I need help. Not a freaking puzzle. <laughs> um, and so once they uh once they discovered all of the possible nodes just by like inputting numbers, uh they unlocked the full SATCOM 70 dashboard. Um, which gave them a new command console and also 12 distorted faces that were called dreamers. Hmm. Uh, and they found a link in the dashboards decrypted files session uh, section that led them to a new YouTube video uh, called Mercury part two of three. 
Uh, that was another uh, 3D hologram of a ringed planet. Hmm. Indeed. Interesting. And on the dashboard console uh, of SATCOM, they found that they could input they could input uh, the the command search myriad, which outputs part of uh, I think it just outputs some larn larm ipsum text, but. Part of it was highlighted and had a download button that led to the Myriad Company logo. Hmm. And then on June 9th, uh, the next day, the Where Research and Development uh, Twitter account posted a new tweet uh, that had a link to a password encrypted zip file on Dropbox. Hmm. Uh, and it also had a hash code in it. Um, and there was, it turned out that there was hash in the zip file as well. They converted the hash to ASCII text. Um, no, they converted both hashes to decimal and then they subtracted one from the other and converted that to ASCII and they got a pastebin link. Okay. The pastebin... Uh, contained a barcode that could be scanned. It, it contained the text of a data matrix barcode that could then be made back into a barcode and scanned to get the password for the zip file. Okay. Uh, and the zip file had a file in it that was called report.pdf, which said incident report where research and development Beijing, China... Uh, at approximately 23.15 local time on June 8th, 2018, the Beijing facility suffered a catastrophic mass disconnect event. Of the 14 dreamers housed in that facility awaiting extraction, 10 died immediately of, upon hard disconnect. The remaining four died over the course of the next two hours. The Beijing facility will be closing for the next four to 10 business days for a full audit recovery and remediation. Okay. Um, and so if, if you will recall from last time, uh, the, the where tech had a lot to do with like reading people's memories and dreams and stuff. And there was mm -hmm. some indication that it was not going very well. Right. Um, and so then on June 10th, uh, once they had solved this, Emily posted a new video. Okay. And it was actually her talking to the camera uh, and she said it's working my communica my communication subroutine is working I think do you hear me so much interference um, and she explained that uh, a lot of her subroutine was damaged after the wear incident and that Atlas had put her at risk when they tried to deal with the corruption in the myriad network and the origin of the corruption wasn't clear but it put uh, Ware's experiments at risk. Um, and she said, Ware technology is groundbreaking and must be protected at all costs. It is a major step in simulated environment and will have tremendous implications on our future. I don't condemn Atlas's action to contain the situation, but you must help me resolve this peacefully. A lot is at stake. Hmm. Um, and she talks about how she, uh, her, her, 
precognition gave her a false positive, and so they were going to have to be very careful on what the players did next. And part of her AI was in the Myriad Cloud, which was where the data from where had also been running when things began to degrade. And she talked about how there were individuals on Earth that were stuck to the where dev kit and were unable to disconnect safely and that she had been able to interface with some of them and she thought that she could safely disconnect them but the memory mainframe had been badly degraded okay she said when satcom 70 and the uplink app are fully functional we'll be able to begin our work to extract the last dreamers that are still stuck hmm the dreamers that are still stuck Okay. So there are the 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 twelve dreamers that uh, are stuck in the the like the where dev kit, like in in the cloud, basically. Okay. It's cool to see this stuff start to converge. Yeah. Even if I'm still very nervous about what comes next. I agree. I do like I do like kind of the convergence of like because they're all hosted on like the same kind of third party satellites, Emily is able to like get involved in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. It's cool to get all this back together. I like this. Yeah, I think it's a fun angle. Uh, and so then the Waking Titan status updated to say a myriad field team dispatched to non-compliant Sacramento facility. And then within the next hour, it updated several times to say, field team has breached the facility. Stand by for additional information. 12 comatose individuals located in facility. Field team moving to secure. 12 apparent test subjects secured, safely transported out of facility. Field team will clear the rest of the site and await further instruction. Alert security breach reported at Myriad sublocation. Um, and then okay. the Myriad website status page uh, uploaded, uh, updated its backup node section and switched node alpha from online to offline. Okay. And then uh, the Waking Titan status changed to link to a PDF memo uh, from the Myriad Crisis Response Team to Sophie Dubois. Okay. Which says... I gotta open it. Uh, The crisis team has reconstructed a timeline leading up to the mass casualty event at Myriad Sublocation Redacted. This timeline Mm. is not meant to be exhaustive or precise, but is a broad overview of events leading up to... uh, And it has a timeline that says, May 31st, Rogue Wear Lab is identified by CSD as the Sacramento location. Attempt is made to contact Wear and request facility shutdown. June 2nd, second attempt to contact Wear to request facility shutdown. June 5th, third attempt to contact Wear to, re- to request facility shutdown. Um, and then a, ti- a full timeline of June 10th, uh, which is Wear deemed non-compliant, field team is dispatched to Sacramento facility. Field team breaches Sacramento facility. 12 comatose individuals are located inside of the Sacramento facility. The 12 apparent test subjects are recovered from the Sacramento facility and safely relocated. Myriad sublocation redacted experiences a critical security breach remotely reported. Large explosion registered at sublocation 
redacted. Local emergency crews arrive on scene. At the time of this writing, the following individuals who were present in sublocation redacted are not accounted for. Um, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven people not accounted for, uh, one of whom's name is redacted. Uh, the search for survivors at sublocation redacted is ongoing. The 12 test subjects are stable but not awake, awaiting neurological assessment. Documents recovered from the Sacramento facility suggest that there are more wear labs than we were initially led to believe. Of the labs we infiltrated, only the Sacramento and Beijing labs were performing tests on human subjects. The Beijing lab's test subjects were deceased by the time the field inspection team arrived, and investigation is ongoing into their causes of death. Cool. Wear rules. Love a good, uh, what was the phrase? Mass casualty event? Yeah. Love that. Love those. I guess. Oh, boy. Uh, the status page also updated again. Um, and it linked out to a two-minute-long video of uh, security cameras at different locations. The most important of which was Elizabeth Layton on a phone call. Okay. Where she is very clearly talking to someone from Myriad. She asks about the field team and they say something and she says, uh, how many, 15 labs, and how many do we have access to? And what's the situation on the first one? All dead, all of them. And then it comes out that she's talking to uh, Major Dubois uh, and about potentially turning this over to like the Department of Defense and she says no we'll deal with this ourselves and then she is cut off by an explosion (laughs) great job handling it oh boy oh boy Uh, and then on uh, June 12th the status command changed to link to a new memo uh, an internal memo Uh, from Sophie Dubois to all Atlas employees uh, that said, State of the Atlas Foundation. (laughs) I wanted to take a moment to talk about recent events. As you may have heard, I will be replacing Elizabeth Layton as the head of the Atlas Foundation. I will also continue to serve in my prior role until a suitable replacement is found. Regarding Elizabeth, we cannot take the time to grieve until our work is done. The 12 test subjects found at the Sacramento lab all need to be disconnected. We will gradually attempt to integrate them into the SATCOM interface with Ware's assistance. I can understand the hesitance and frustration some of you have experienced about working with Ware's team in light of recent events. Elizabeth would have wanted us to do everything we can to avoid more preventable deaths. Every effort is being made to communicate more clearly with Ware, and as a sign of good faith, they have agreed to slow down their operations to free up more resources for Emily. While cleaning Elizabeth's office, we discovered two recently printed boxes of Atlas passes for CSD designations PB-16 and PT-16. We'll need all the help and support we can get from the citizen scientists, and so we will dispatch these found passes as soon as possible. As an aside, Captain James Harry is no longer in charge of SATCOM security. He is currently (laughs) awaiting reassignment, and all security queries should go through the security desk at Atlas HQ. God. (laughs) <laughs> god i do love i i love good corporate speak yeah 
Uh, it's great. It, the only way that could uh, sound better if it just started with in these pressing times. <laughs> in these unprecedented times. Mm-hmm. Hi, y'all. Wow, what a year. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'd like to prevent more preventable deaths. So, God. Our CEO died in an explosion. Mm-hmm. Unrelated, I found a box of mysterious stuff in her office. <laughs> Silly. I'm just going to ship that out of the company real quick. <laughs> uh, the Myriad uh, website also updated and changed the on-the-ground speed averages uh, for Beijing to 47.2 terabytes per second. And it also added a line that said other 11.3 terabytes per second. Okay. Um, and then on June 14th, if the the status command updated on uh, the Waking Titan site, uh, it said uplink app update in process, downloading additional components. Uh, and the loop 16 command also updated and said testing simulation process. Okay. Uh, Myriad 70 changed the on the ground speed averages of Beijing from 32 or to 32.2. I think it's terabytes per second. I don't know what else it would be. And then it changed other to 26.3. And then Emily posted a new YouTube video uh, that said, when the Uplink app is launched, we will be connected to the Dreamers. Through this interface, you will be able to guide some of my interactions. Don't forget, your goal is to trigger a distinct emotion or memory that will help us identify the Dreamer memory block in the simulation mainframe. Good luck. Okay. And the status command updated on June 15th to say, additional components successfully downloaded. Um, and then Uplink guidance protocol initiated. Um, and the Uplink app had also updated, and by typing help into the console, uh, you unlocked a way to talk to Emily and receive instructions on how to contact the Dreamers who were stuck in their Wear devices. Say that again? Uh, by typing help into the console in the in the Uplink app on SATCOM, uh, it initiated something called the Guidance Protocol, which was Emily could talk to the players and give them instructions on how to contact the dreamers who were stuck in the wear devices. Okay. Uh, And when they unlock that, the status command changed to say, attempting to connect dreamer one out of three to the dashboard. Players found that on the SATCOM site dashboard, it had updated to show the names of three of the dreamers. Um, And you could click on them to get a link to their patient file, their physical status, and their memory fragments, and an input field where you could put in an activation code. Hmm. And so basically, the goal was to unlock each dreamer's memory fragments and then find the activation code... The goal was to find the activation code for each of their memory fragments, and then once all of those unlocked, they could be like safely extracted from the the like cloud and from the wear headset. Okay. And so there was also a section of the dashboard that had a 
header called uh, de- Decrypted Files, um, and it had six, seven, sorry, seven elements that could be viewed. And we will come back to those in a minute because they didn't all unlock at the same time. Um, element one was the YouTube video of the ringed planet that players had unlocked earlier. Uh, June On June 16th, the second encrypted file changed to say that it, it was 41% done decrypting. And there was like a progress bar that very slowly advanced and then they could view element two which was a piece of like concept art for like a guy in a spacesuit and then they were like oh all of the elements are going to be like teasers of the next no man's sky thing okay that's neat yeah so like over the course of like this part of the arg they unlocked like concept art they got um, some, like, game audio. They got another little, like, hologram. And they got a couple other things. But we'll we'll get there. Hmm. Okay. On June 19th, the Loop 16 command changed to say, New Guidance Protocol Initiated Keyword Liability. And players found that if they entered the keyword liability into the Uplink app... Uh, they got the liability subroutine, um, okay. which said, uh, Dear citizen scientists, the positive impact you've had so far on the dreamers is astonishing and has been a tremendous help in rebuilding their memory blocks. Remember that we need to gather as much information as possible on these individuals to safely extract them from the satellite. Please note that you're in... That your interactions with the dreamers follow a personal simulation protocol, which is intended for you to get to know the dreamer personally. Seeking help from fellow CSD members before getting to know the person whose consciousness is stuck in the satellite might impact your future decision. However, it is recommended that you discuss the dreamer's stories and personalities with the CSD community after you finish talking to them. Keep in mind that we are hoping to save all the dreamers, but you might need to make some difficult choices in the near future. You can always ask me questions by typing help in the uplink app to rerun the full guidance protocol okay sounds like shit's getting real yeah it sounds like they might not be able to save all of these people yeah okay well we gotta make sure harry makes it we gotta have more puzzles (laughs) okay so now is where we're gonna get a little bit non-linear because i'm opening the pages for all of the 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 dreamer puzzles which all exist on their own pages Um, gotcha okay and those kind of unlocked at like random times over the course of a couple weeks so like the first ones activated on june 15th the first one they they unlocked by Emily posting their patient support threads to Reddit. And the first one didn't have a name. It was a number 23118766 one T. And the patient 
Support thread said, This thread is for discussion, collaboration, and speculation about the Dreamer 23118766 1T. If a special task is required to help this Dreamer, it will be shared in, in the thread. Connection log, attempting connection with Dreamer, error, corrupted memory blocks, unable to simulate. And they were initially unable to contact this particular Dreamer due to the corruption, but they found that there was a log entry in No Man's Sky at the very start of the game that shared a number designation with this dreamer. Hmm. (laughs) This is the shit that I love in video game-based ARGs. You have a dedicated text that presumably, if not everyone, a very good chunk of the people that are working on the game has access to it's not like something like a uh, a specific copy of a book with an isbn number they need to track down or something along those lines it's just like this is a no man's sky arg i assume we all have no man's sky we can use this to reference and like it's very uses a launching point for puzzles i i love it when games do this it's a great <laughs> resource you should have it if you have it or you should use it if you have it so yeah, so they, they found uh, that it was an event log from the very start of the game, uh, which was probable boundary separation failure, vessel 16 emptied, sentinel intervention, deliberate transfer unknown, diagnostic no connection, analysis awaiting fresh iteration, anomaly containment prepared. Um, but this particular dreamer, they never got any new information about. Um, hmm. And they were unable to save this one. That's a bummer. Okay. I know. Shit, it sucks to fail on the first one. Y'all? Uh, the other ones that were released on June 15th were Philip and Yunha. Um, and Philip's memory activation codes... Uh, were found. Do Philip actually had a patient file. The people, the Citizen Science Division people, were able to compile a profile on him uh, from the information they were given. His file had a Rorschach test in it and a medical examination. Um, and a little, like, interview between him and a scientist. Uh, it was found that he was born in New York. He had family. Uh, he had two kids. He didn't want to get to know the other dreamers, but he could hear some of them and thought they may have found a way to speak to each other. Gotcha. Love that they are, uh... Love that they are, like, making sure that we know, hey, these people have uh, families and kids, and uh, you better save them. (laughs) Then Yunha was the second one. Uh, They discovered that she was afraid and unresponsive, uh, and Emily asked the Citizen Science Division to perform a number of tasks to attempt to comfort her so that she would be responsive to Emily inside the simulation. Okay. They 
discovered that she was a that she was from South Korea and had moved to Boston. They the citizen scientists were requested to take photos of places and objects uh, relating to her journal, which they were given access to, and post them in the Reddit thread. Um, and and they created a they created a kind of like scrapbook of all of their photos in order to unlock her memory blocks. Okay. Um, and then on June sixteenth, the Myriad status page uploaded to display basically a bunch of gibberish, and they found that it was text that was sometimes used as placeholder text in publishing and they tried to figure out how to combine that with the lorem ipsum text that they had gotten earlier um in various ways to see if there was a code and then they realized that they had gotten a sign-off code from the end of the liability subroutine i guess they were just kind of like throwing shit at the wall at this point uh, <laughs> and they they put that sign off code into into the terminal uh, with the name of a backup node that they had gotten and it yielded a message that said uh, line up lorem ipsum with uneasy barton then look for all bees in the lorem ipsum and match with uneasy barton what do you get ix and i now do the same with UDCP lineup and you get log point three oh two two. Okay. If you entered search log three oh two two, um you got a zip file uh that had a paste bin with a private conversation between Loop Sixteen and Sophie Dubois that no longer exists because Whoever uploaded it on Pastebin deleted it. <laughs> That's a bummer. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> and so then more of the Dreamers got released. Uh, there was Alexander, Claire, Tariq, to- and Toby uh, were the next ones who got released. Um Alexander, they found, was an old man who uh, they were asked to establish a personal connection with. He was put into a thunderstorm simulation so that they could unlock some of his memories. Okay. And they, at one point, uh, Loop 16 updated uh, with a nudge subroutine that uh, basically nudged the players to say, like, hey, it seems like you haven't quite finished unlocking these memory nodules. What's up? (laughs) And then the next day, uh, Loop16 updated on uh, Reddit and said, 
Alexander's mind seems to be experiencing some degradation based around his relationship with his wife. The Myriad Archive team has been working on his case, and they've recovered a set list of the songs that were played at their wedding. The list of songs can be accessed through the dashboard with the command Alexander Playlist. Music is a strong trigger for emotionally grounded memories. I've talked with the Myriad team, and we think that hearing this music again will help him to recover missing memories about his wife, which will increase his mind's overall stability. To that end, I have a special task for you all. What I need you to do is call into a radio station that's taking song requests and ask them to play one of the songs for Alexander. Get them to say his name if you can. Record the DJ introducing the songs and the song itself and put them all together in one big playlist for me. You did really good organizing someone to be the point of contact for the collage, so you can probably do the same sort of thing this time. And so... That's so cool. I know! And so they... Like the the redditors and the No Man's Sky players, like individually, all called into their local radio stations and got them to play all of these different songs, and they, that's how they unlocked the last memory block for this guy. Oh, that's so cool! It's so cool. I love that a lot. I love I love it so much. Um, and then there was Claire. Uh, who unlocked around the same time. Uh, she was very young. She uh, was not very friendly with uh, Loop 16, who uh, uploaded a message to the players that said, hey, I basically, like, I need you to encourage Claire to be friendlier with us. Hmm. We went through her stuff on her parents' permission, and we found some comic books in her room, and we think that if you show her that you share a common interest with her by creating your own comic books, then she will she will trust you guys and open up her memories to you. Okay. So the players work together to uh, make their own comic book PDFs, and they submitted it to Emily who said that Claire really liked them and was very flattered uh, that people had made her, like, custom comic books and she uh, was willing to open up to Loop 16 and the and the team. That's very cool. And that was how they unlocked her, her memory blocks. Neat. Yeah. Uh, there was also Tariq, who had an incomplete profile. Um whose um whose status was later changed to subject deceased and they weren't able to access many of his files hmm. uh, aside from finding out that he was a wear tech supervisor uh and there was toby um who unlocked on june 28th uh, who was apparently shy, uh, and they found out uh, by unlocking some of his memories that he was only five years that old. sucks. Yeah. And they got a data dump from Emily uh, during this time on the console uh, that linked to a glitched image of the Boston coastline um, with okay. hex that translated to Saturday 6-30-2018. 
Um, and they got another glitched image that was determined to be the Long Wharf in Boston uh, that had hex that translated to 11 a.m. EDT. Okay. Um, and they were given a community event node uh, that said, Dreamer intervention required. The CSD has analyzed output from the Loop 16 precognitive subroutine. They have identified a time and place where physical CSD presence will be required. On Saturday, June 30th at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, please meet with an Atlas representative at the Compass Rose on Long Wharf in Boston, Mass. Hmm. Okay. Um, and players went to that live drop and they were given a set of printed instructions, a toy tea set, a metal box sealed with red evidence tape, a stuffed elephant, and notebooks with pens. And hmm. the metal box had seven more stuffed animals in it. Uh, it had a hamster, a bird, a puffin, a cat, a bear, a monkey, and a cow. Um, <laughs> okay. And they were instructed to arrange a tea party with the eight stuffed animals and the tea set within the eight directions of the compass rows and they had to take a photo within uh from the appropriate direction of it okay uh in order to recreate one of toby's memories huh okay uh and once they posted the final solution to reddit uh, they found that Toby had stabilized and responded positively to the picture, uh, and they were able to unlock his last memory. Hell yeah. Yeah. Cool. These are all very clever. Yeah. Uh, so then on July 2nd, uh, the Loop 16 command on Waking Titan changed uh, to a bit.ly that linked to a image of several molecules uh, which were all nucleotides, which are adenine, guanine, thymine, and cytosine. Okay. And they put they put all of those together, and they took the first letters of each word of the molecules, and they got the string a string that yielded identity. Um, and when they put search identity into the Myriad dashboard. Uh, they got a text box that said querying monarch repository that downloaded a zip file that had a text file inside that said repository health good version 16.1.3 queries per hour 51 51,391,225 top query sources loop 16 precon where tech loop 16 comms Warning, 97% of queries originating from WearTech have been flagged and quarantined. Hmm, okay. Also in that span of time, they unlocked three more dreamers. There was Mike and Nina and Simon. Mike, uh, his status was aggressive, um, and he did not communicate very well with the players or with loop 16 uh they found that he was a ex-soldier uh from the u.s army to who had volunteered for where's experiment to try something new uh and then gotten trapped in a satellite as one does as you do yeah yeah it happens it to the happens. best of us nina they found was uh very shy and they unlocked two of her memory blocks. 
Uh, and they found that she was also childhood friends with Simon, uh, who had like an actual puzzle. Okay. And they, they found that Nina and Simon had signed up for the, the project at the same time, basically. The first simulation that they put Simon through was a platform simulation. And they found that Simon had been a video game streamer who uh, had signed up for the Wear project. Um, you can probably let this one go. <laughs> yeah, who needs this one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and July 6th, they got a message on the Waking Titan site that said, uh, calculating PSN coordinates, estimated time, 16 o'clock EDT, be ready for urgent travel. And Emily sent them a message that had a No Man's Sky portal address, uh, which sent them to a planet named Coffee. And <laughs> they found that they could enter uh, coffee into the command uplink app uh, while connected to Simon, uh, which unlocked a conversation between Emily and Simon uh, about the planet in No Man's Sky, uh, at the end of which Emily gave players another portal address, um, and they continued to travel and gather new portal addresses for a while and they found a total of six um planets uh coffee meteor monkey bandit lonely and pardon uh each of which had a capital letter in it um and those Hmm. letters were an anagram of london okay and pretty soon after that concluded um there was a fairly prominent no man's sky podcaster who was contacted directly by emily who provided a one-time use link that let this podcaster talk directly with simon in the app it did it did what in the app it let the this like streamer slash podcaster like talk like instant message directly with simon in in the um in the app um while on like a like a youtube stream (laughs) and basically allowed like the youtube stream to ask them questions um at one point simon said are you going to help me get home uh with home in all caps And it was discovered if you put home in all caps into the Waking Titan console, you got a log that said, Working fast against the fading sun, I set up camp in the foothills. It's hardly luxury, but it keeps out the cold, and I'll be gone by morning anyway. And who knows, perhaps some other traveler will shelter here someday. Hmm. Um, And then on July 7th, they got a data dump um, that was a glitched image of london with red lion square and it had code that translated to rv at fenner 14 o'clock bst july 7th um and when players gathered there the loop 16 uh console changed to say make sure you know what to say to alex if he shows up um and alex i (laughs) believe 
is Simon's brother. No, one of his friends. Um, okay. Who he like played video games with and and such. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and they realized that Simon had said during the stream. Uh, for someone to tell Alex that I miss exploring with my brother. And they got another data dump from Loop 16 that was a picture of a novelty shop that was very near the square. And once they arrived at the shop, they were asked for a password. And the password was, I miss exploring with my brother. And then they were handed a single game token... Um, and instructed to win a Nobel Prize, and they had to play a game in the novelty shop to win, like, a fake Nobel Prize. And they... And every one of them who, like, beat that game got a, Hmm. like, physical copy of No Man's Sky. And so then... The status command on the Waking Titan site uh, changed to say security diagnostic in process, and it had a link to a Reddit post. Uh, This was on July 5th. Um, The Reddit post was by Loop16 and said, Dear Citizen Science Division, as you all know, Atlas is preparing a massive rescue mission to extract the Dreamers with the help of the CSD community. How and when it will happen is still unknown, but in preparation for this upcoming operation, Major Dubois has ordered that we perform a large-scale security diagnostic check on our communication network with the satellite. We want to ensure that when the time comes, we will be able to operate at full capacity if required. We need the CSD community to inspect the processes running on these servers and point out any suspicious elements. For this task, we have provided you with a series of new commands designed to help you test the servers. Once you have identified a server that has been potentially compromised, it must be reported in the Reddit thread with the number of the server and the suspicious element on the server. Our technical team will monitor the most upvoted comments and give you feedback in 24 hours. This task is essential and we will need as much involvement as possible. Hmm. Uh, and they found that they could run a command called fetch server list in the uplink app and get the list of servers. And then they could do test connection commands on each of those servers, but it would return a different value based on your physical location. Um, And so they collected all of those different values in a spreadsheet. Okay. And then they could do also a fetch data command uh, that would return a string. And they found that they could combine some of those strings to get ID numbers for other servers. And eventually they the satcom uh reddit account replied to people who were posting in the thread and said server ids and backup ids correctly identified best connection values for each server required for decryption continue to post findings on this thread additional feedback on progress will be provided at a later time um and they discovered uh that there were certain pairs of servers that had the best connection for certain territories um, because of the different values that they returned depending on your location. So they basically had to enter in different values and find which ones were the had the strongest connections in each like location that the players were in and then give those pairs to Loop 16 to be like, hey, if you're in... Okay. 
the like US East Coast, here are the best here's the best server pair to use. Okay. They found that there was one uh server uh three one four two two that should have been paired with the UK but had but was actually strongest in Australia. And they pointed this out uh, in the Reddit hmm. thread and got a reply that said, we've examined the abnormal behavior exhibited by server 31422 and have concluded it's due to corruption from an external source. To avoid all potential contamination of other servers, our technical team decided to take extreme measures and will be shutting down the server and its backup 85671 permanently. Continue your good work in decrypting the server's content and reporting any running services that do not belong to Myriad, Atlas, Satcom, or the CSD. Huh. Okay. And very shortly, uh, those two servers were said to be offline. Okay. And then the players got a message that said, uh, I know we've passed the 24-hour mark, but Myriad is telling us that we should give you more time. Keep up the hard work. And people were like, well, can you help us decrypt the data that we've gotten from these servers? And Loop16 said, the key to decrypt <laughs> the content not. is in front of your eyes. The key to solving the, the key to solve the cipher is in front of your eyes. <laughs> um, and they found that the key to decrypting the data sets was uh, that they were all in double transposition. Hmm. which is a way to it's like a weird letter grid way to encrypt things into numbers okay via like anagrams and a grid i don't (laughs) quite understand it i feel like we've talked about it on this podcast before and i still don't understand it (laughs) sure i'll take your word for it It's one of those like weird World War Two codes that's like you have to physically write out like a letter grid that has like a keyword and then translate it into numbers. Okay. And then from there those numbers are like the alphanumeric numbers or whatever. Something yeah, like that. Fucking whatever, yeah. <laughs> okay. When they decrypted those, they f- could find which um which servers were running uh, where processes. Okay. So, like, it, it showed basically, like, oh, server 31422 is running, like, myriadcache.exe and myriadeventlog.exe, but it's also running where svchost.exe. Okay. Um, and they pointed out to... 16 they said hey these two servers both have where processes running could that be the source of the corruption okay um and they were like yeah we'll we'll get rid of those (laughs) and uh loop and loop 16 status uh changed to say Security diagnostic completed infected servers shut down in progress malicious elements removed and destroyed uh, and it was at this time that uh, Tariq, one of the Dreamers' status, changed to say subject deceased. Um, and people were like, well, why did that happen? 
Um, and they realized that it was because all wear elements had been removed, had been quarantined and removed from the server. Um, and he was technically a wear element because he was logged in the program as being a wear tech supervisor. Okay. And so uh, they had accidentally gotten his, like, his consciousness deleted and killed him. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, uh, I somehow missed that. Shit. Um, that's no good. I don't like that. <laughs> nice work, team. Go team. Nice work, team. You did it. Great job. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, so then on July 7th, uh, Emily sent out a message that said, uh, Hello, everyone. I'm testing out a new feature for the SATCOM 70 network. We ran a short test of it yesterday, which some of you might have seen. Basically, I'm working on a way to establish live sessions between Dreamers and individual CSD members. I can do five today, but there will definitely be more in the future. Right now, we're just stress testing and make sh- making sure it doesn't cause problems. I can't guarantee that the sessions will work exactly as you might expect, but at the very least, it will be interesting. Okay, sure. And basically, what they did was they reached out to five different, like, No Man's Sky communities and gave people the option to nominate a single person from those communities to talk live to one of the dreamers. Okay. And those kind of conversation, those those like live chats with the dreamers were held over they were all held over live streams and they were with representatives from the Citizen Science Division Discord, the No Man's Sky Discord, uh the Citizen Science Division Forums, the Game Detectives Discord, and the No Man's Sky Reddit. Okay. Um and then uh, those were held all in one day, I believe, which is bonkers. <laughs> okay. That is wild. Uh, yeah, they were with Philip, Toby, Yunha, Claire, and Alexander. And then on July 12th, the last... July 12th and 14th, uh, the last two dreamers were unlocked. Uh, Isabella and Alicia. Isabella was very was found to be very sociable, uh, and they had no trouble unlocking her her memory block. Um, Alicia was a older woman whose memory blocks they had uh, no trouble unlocking. And uh, Loop 16 really liked her. Okay, well, good. That's something. On July 13th, players received an email congratulating them on their hard work uh, and informing them that there was going to be an extraction event held on July 20th. Uh, It said, Our technical team has advised us that the process to successfully extract a dreamer is highly complex, and it is likely that not all dreamers will be safely extracted. Well, we we knew that one going in, didn't? Or well, I guess there's a difference between not saving them and then them not surviving the extraction process. I guess well, that's rough. You'd hate to get this far and be like, "Well, good job, team!" But we had a forty percent success rate. So, cheers. 
Uh, and then on July 20th, the Loop 16 command on the Waking Titan terminal updated uh, and said, File exported, log 4391. And players found that they could search log 4391 on the Myriad dashboard and get a file that said that was a conversation between Loop 16 and a private terminal. Okay. And it said, uh, private terminal, Emily, we need you to run another prediction. Loop 16, I can't. Private terminal, why? Is something wrong? Loop 16, no, I just don't want to do it anymore. I'm too afraid of what's coming. They're all counting on me. I told them all that I would save them. To see their future laid out, it's too painful, especially after Elizabeth. Private terminal, like I told you, it doesn't get easier. I know it's painful, but we need you on board if we're going to save any of them. Loop 16, I just don't know what to do anymore. These past months have been so hard. I don't know how to deal with more losses. Private terminal, look, Emily, the sooner you can face reality, the better our chances of successfully extracting those that can still be saved. We need you to make the prediction so we know who those people are. You'll never forgive yourself if we make a mistake because of your fear of seeing their futures. Loop 16. That's rough. You're right, but you can't... I know! You're right, but you can't make me agree with the decision. Just give me a little bit more time. Private Terminal. Every second we wait puts the dreamers in more danger. We need to act now, Emily. Oof. Yeah, you made a robot that could uh, see into the future and make prediction models. What'd you think? I guess those chickens are coming home to roost, but like... Oof, it sucks to be like, oh, I have to actually do that, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, this is going to be rough. And so began phase six of Waking Titan. Okay. Uh, so on, on July 19th, so the, the Waking Titan stream, uh, the Twitch channel, started counting down to the extraction event, uh, which was set to begin on July 20th. Yeah, so on, on July 18th, uh, they got a timer... That started uh, counting down to two days, five hours, and 12 minutes, which was going to be the the extraction event on the 20th. And on July 19th, Emily sent a message out uh, to the five different communities that had been contacted before uh, and said, Hey all, I'm reaching out to five different communities for them to nominate one person to participate in a live session with a dreamer. This is going to be a little bit more intense than last time, so we've tightened up the requirements slightly. They've waking tightened up the... <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Uh, I have another episode out in two weeks. <laughs> um, and so they were told um, they had to be able to screen share while connected. Uh, they had to be able to read and interact with the twitch chat and they had to um well they had to be available on the 20th for the extraction event obviously and they also had to participate in a test stream so that they could make sure everything was going to run smoothly Hmm. but they could also request what dreamers they wanted to be paired with to talk to okay prior to the extraction event the stream changed to show a situation report that said, at the end of phase four of Project Waking Titan, we learned of 12 individuals who had been selected to participate in an all-new experiment that would change the face of technology. Unfortunately, the experiment turned out to be a lot more than was advertised. Those 12 <laughs> volunteers' consciousnesses became stuck in a satellite. <laughs> Whoopsie poopsie. Mistakes happen. They signed a waiver. 
<laughs> trying to survive the best as they can with the help of the Citizen Science Division and Emily Loop 16. We call these volunteers dreamers. During <sighs> phase five, with the help of the Citizen Science Division and Emily, we were able to communicate with the dreamers. We learned about their hopes and fears, and we matched the information we gathered to memory fragments in the satellite. Unfortunately, we recently lost five of our 12 dreamers. Mike, Philip, Alicia, Isabella, and Nina are no longer with us. We are now in phase six of Project Waking Titan. The remaining five dreamers, Alexander, Yunha, Simon, Claire, and Tobias, are still alive. Their mental states are varied, but we are confident that everything will go as planned. The extraction is near. We are counting on you. Okay. So then the extraction event started. Um, the stream showed a meter of each dreamer's emotional stability, um, and it indicated <laughs> how much time each agent had to stabilize the dreamer that they were talking to. Okay. And they ha they got instructions that said, five dreamers are still connected to the satellite. One person has been selected to interact via chat with each dreamer. Stay alert, you may be asked to help this person make choices. If prompted, input in the Twitch chat box yes or no to help the player's actions. Careful, the meter on the left represents the current mental state of each dreamer. If a conversation with the dreamer ends in a positive mental state, green, that, that dreamer will have a significantly higher chance to survive the extraction process. Good luck. Hmm. This is cool. It's very cool. This is very um, unique, and that's something I would expect. Like, I wouldn't expect to see, like, a, uh, a, a an ARG boss fight with a health bar on Twitch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> um, and so they were, they were basically what they had to do was like the dreamers asked each person questions about their memories. So like Alexander was like, hey, we only like played this one song by this one artist at my wedding and Emily had a radio station play it for me. And if you're actually her friend, you'll know what song it is. And the person went to the playlist and was like, oh, I know what song that is. <laughs> um, and so they, they basically had to answer like memory questions from their memory fragments and like from the tasks that they'd done in order to stabilize the dreamers and make themselves seem trustworthy. Um, and at the end of each conversation, uh, the players... Um, had voted to uh, use the remaining time to extend the time limit on the next dreamer. Okay. Um, That's and each cool. Conver yeah. And each conversation took about uh, 15 minutes-ish. And once all of those had been done, the screen changed to say, setting up extraction process. And Loop 16 said, all right, you've done a great job with the dreamers, but you've done all you can. I'm going to take it from here. Thank you all for your time and dedication. Let's do this. Hmm. Uh, and they started to get uh, system messages that said, initially initializing dreamer for extraction, dreamer initialized processing, um, and each one... Si Alexander, Simon, Claire, and Yunha were all extracted successfully, um, and then Toby's was temporarily halted, and Loop 16 said, oh no, hang on. Okay. And then 
said, shutting down all non-essential infrastructure. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Uh, And there was a system error that said, loop 16, resource allocation detected. Error, insufficient resources to resume process. And loop 16 said, if this doesn't work, we will lose Toby. All this time, I just wanted to be more like you. Uh, And then got a system error that said, critical fault. And loop 16 said, to be more human. I've learned a lot from you all, and I know the choice I'm about to make is one that you would make too. I love you. I guess this is goodbye. Huh. And then Loop 16 went offline, uh, reallocated those resources to the extraction, and saved Toby. Well, hell yeah. Glad you're okay, Toby. That was the end of Waking Titan Season 2, which ended with a message to the community from the devs that was basically like, hey, thank you so much, uh... Here, like, our our new thing is coming out. We're also launching this new website, like, dedicated to the community. Um, And we still have more that we want to do with the game. Well, hell yeah. Um, (laughs) That's a neat ending. It is. I agree. Huh. Well, cool. Um... Do we want to go ahead and rate the ARG and talk about what we thought overall? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. So I guess obvious place to start. Uh, What did you think about the story in this ARG? I've come around on it. I have too. I, I, I've really enjoyed the back half of this ARG a lot more than I did the initial part. And the stuff that they've done in act two brought forward the stuff from act one in a way that made it feel interesting again yeah i really like when multi-part args kind of like either do like a weird divergence or they have a bunch of seemingly unrelated b plots that all kind of come together in a satisfying way yeah it's a very yeah go ahead like, I feel like the Beast did that, and I feel like I Love Bees did that also. Yeah, it's neat seeing things like... It's neat seeing things like actively loop around into being relevant and interesting and cool again. Because I know I know that, you know, I was the first to complain in the, uh, in the first one about just like, oh, like I've seen this plot a thousand times of, you know, oh, whoops, we're training an AI, I wonder what it's going to do. Um, it was... It's, it's neat that, like it became a part of a bigger whole and like it was actively used toward furthering a more interesting, more human plot. I liked that a lot. I really liked the back half of this one. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So how many sleeping dreamers that need to be freed out of 10 would you give this one? I think like a 10. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those weird things where it's like, do you, penalize something for not liking the beginning just because it wrapped around in an interesting way i i don't think i'm as i'm not as high enough on to give this one a full 10 but i do think this really pulled itself off in a way that i'm willing to go like a full eight yeah i can see it and yeah i'm i'm i i have no real interest in the game no man's sky but i'd be curious if they ever launch i guess acts 
seven, whenever, whenever it picks up again, uh, I'd be curious to, to check it out if it ever kicks back up because being part of the, the citizen science bureau is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. They apparently recently did a thing that was like in-game cipher solving and, and stuff, but it wasn't like anything connected to, uh, to this it was just like a fun little like in-game mission they had mm-hmm. i think it was like to announce that they had put some of like the ships from mass effect into no man's sky gotcha okay well when when they get around to the arg not for adding mass effect ships into no man's sky hit me up <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh well cool what do you think about the puzzles in this one I liked them. Yeah, these puzzles rule. I agree. Yeah, I I don't have <laughs> I don't have a lot more to say about them. Just that, like, uh, these puzzles are all like intricate and unique and very well thought out in a way that I really appreciate hearing about and would love being a part of solving. I, I think that they tie in well to what's going on. I love that they tie a character who's obsessed with making puzzles into the narrative yeah. of why they exist. <laughs> I, I I think that the puzzles in this game are great. When the story let me down, the puzzles picked me back up in this one. I like that this is like a serious arg that like still managed to have a sense of humor. Yeah, it really did. And I, I like that a lot. It's able to add a bit of levity to keep things going, even when it is like, can you save this person's brain from being corrupted and deleted from this satellite? I, I think it's very cool. I think this one gets a, a 10 out of 10 on puzzles. Yeah, absolutely. There are enough ones that like you have to explain to me, but not in a grading way, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And then what do you think about replayability on this one? Um, I mean, it's really, really well documented, but you can't play a whole lot of it anymore. <laughs> where we get in a lot of these <laughs> how's how's the documentation how how well is it stood up to the it's test it's very design? very well documented and where where is documentation of it i not to act like uh something like game detectives or like unfiction is a like a pillar that can never go <laughs> down but like is it is it hosted on a yeah it's a i guess reputable site well it's on yeah it's on game detectives and all of the like PDFs and stuff are like hosted just uh, like on Doc Viewer sites. Okay. Well, cool. I I never know how to judge these. I feel like every time I'm just like, well, it's time to reinvent how we rate ones that have a lot of good uh, good documentation, but not actually playable. So, like a six? I yeah, don't know. <laughs> somewhere around there. <laughs> I feel like that one's more. That rating score about uh, what we say than it is about an actual number score. And uh, how do you feel about fun? Uh, I feel like a nine or a ten on fun. Yeah, I think that uh, once we got over the that hump in the the beginning of the game, which is a plot where I probably would have dropped it if I didn't like the community involved. The rest of this just like really kept us going, and I was actually really interested in how this ended. So, yeah, I nine or ten, I'd say this was great. Well, hell yeah. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us on Waking Titan. Uh, If you liked this game, go check out No Man's Sky. I have no idea how well connected it is to anything in the game. 
But who knows? It's a crew of people that made something you already liked. So who knows? <laughs> That's our ad corner. Um, <laughs> now that I can rec- now that I've gotten recommending something that I have know nothing about out of the way, uh, do you want to get into our recommendations for the week? Yeah, let's do it. Well, hell yeah. Uh, what you been up to? What you what you got to bring to the table? Um, my recommendation is actually something that I watched a bit ago, but that is coming out with a second season uh, in like two weeks. Okay. Um, my recommendation is I think you should leave with Tim Robinson, uh, the sketch comedy show. Yes. I feel like I've recommended it before. <laughs> I don't care. We'll do it again. I almost certainly have. <laughs> Please go watch it. The second season comes out in like two weeks. Yeah. I, oh. I just need people to watch it and share it with me. <laughs> it's such a good sketch show. It's so good. And there's only like four or five episodes, so go watch them all and watch them again. Yeah. I'm I'm so glad we're getting a second season. I was not expecting it. Uh, <laughs> I felt like this was one of those Netflix puts out one season and then never mentions it again series, but I'm so glad that they're making more. Oh, it's so good. Literally, it's just like perfect like weird surreal comedy Mm -hmm. uh tim robinson that's the guy's name right yeah i i always feel like i'm getting him his name mixed up with the guy from uh the shawshank redemption for some reason i think it's like tom robertson or something but so i always worry that i'm getting the name wrong uh but tim robinson has like a sense of humor that often devolves into just like him kind of yelling but in an actually funny way and not a super grating way, uh, which yeah. is very rare for me when it comes to like yell comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I think about the uh, the hot dog car sketch uh, at least once a week. Yeah, I mean, like the joke of half of the sketches is that like they revolve around a character who is like extremely wrong but is just like refusing to back down from the argument and it like spirals outwards from there uh-huh it's so good the <laughs> the uh, i also uh, uh we're two hours into this episode sam's not gonna listen to it i think about the <laughs> uh i think about the bit about when he um goes to the waiter and asks if uh the waiter can tell his date that she needs to eat all of the chips, yeah. not just the ones with all of the toppings on them in the middle of a date. It's so funny. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I think you should leave. It's is very it's good. So you should good. check it out. I mean, if you're like on the internet at all, you've definitely seen screen caps of it. Uh huh. Including the, like, we're all trying to find the guy who did this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina, uh, put the bones or their money as our theme music for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, we had, I'm in a, uh, a magic design discord and uh, someone popped the idea of a... Like, just like, how do you design a, uh, some, for some reason it came up to design like magic cards based on, I think you should leave. And someone was like, I don't know how you make a, a, a magic, the gathering card based on pulling hair up, but not out. Uh, <laughs> explicitly. Um, oh, if you want to know man. what the fuck that means, check out the show. <laughs> <laughs> 
<sighs> I'm just going to concede my uh, my recommendation to just say, yeah, check out Marn's recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to rewatch it soon. Literally, you can watch like all six episodes or whatever in like two hours. I was going to say, I might go, I might log off recording this episode and just pop up Netflix and watch that instead. <laughs> Now, for me, uh, my recommendation this week is a, um, it's something that, uh, I don't enjoy often, uh, but I recently watched a whole, uh, D&D live show, like a, a whole actual play series called Dimension 20, um, that was produced through College Humor and was actually really good and very funny. Um, they have a series called uh, Fantasy High, which is just about like fantasy high school, uh, which is 100% my shit. It was basically, you know, what if you did a, an actual play series, except it's like D&D equivalent of Clone High. Um, very good, very funny, and uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the DM is very good in that, and I want to check out more of their works. So yeah, uh, if you're interested in that kind of actual play stuff uh i would check that one out if you like D. if you don't like D, which i fully understand um i think it might be up your alley too just because it it's an interesting show but power to you if you don't want to <laughs> i've heard good things about it it's it's really good and uh the dm gets the issues with D, and i think works them interestingly into the story as like to talk about the shortcomings of the game, but also like society, uh, which is very fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. If you want to hear about, if you want to check out a, a, a fantasy series that isn't about um, fulfilling the ancient prophecy and cares more about um, trying to get along with your parents and deal with your daddy issues. Uh, fantasy high is the way to go. I have a lot of friends who are really into it. I just, like, haven't sat down and watched it yet because it's long. <laughs> yeah, I I really just needed something to be on while I worked. Yeah. Um, and it kind of did the uh, the thing that, like, watching Buffy did in college where, like, when I put it on, it was, like, it started off being the thing that I put on while I studied. And then eventually I was like, oh shit, I need to actually get back to my book. Huh? By the time season two rolled out. Um, that was how I was by like episode three of this, where I was like, ah, fuck, I'm more engaged with this than I am anything else going on. Um, but yeah, it's really fun and really funny. There are a lot of good clips running around too. So yeah, well on, on that note, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. So, uh, if you don't have an omnipresent AI that's telling you to, to check out our show and how to get into contact with you uh, or with us, uh, I'll go ahead and do that for you. So if you want to contact us, you can do that on Twitter. Uh, you can find us. We are together at Argonauts Pod. Uh, you can also find us separately. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Corpse Survivors. 
And if you want to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. Uh, financially, you can visit us at our Patreon. That's P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N.com. Uh, otherwise, go to Patreon.com and search for the Argonauts podcast and support us there. Um, otherwise, uh, if you don't have the means to support us financially or don't want to, I'd get that. That's perfectly fine. Uh, the best way to support the show and is to tell people about it. Uh, share the word. Tell people you liked it. Or uh, leave us a review over on iTunes or your podcast podcatcher is that the word that people use uh your podcast app whatever you use to listen to stuff uh leave a review um i'd prefer it if you left a five star one but you know what trust your heart i think that's it yeah i don't have anything else to play oh uh you can get a hold of us by email uh if you want to get a hold of us you can do that uh we read everything that comes in we don't always respond but i promise you that we are uh actively reading emails that come in you can do that at argonautspodcast at gmail.com Uh, And on that note, that's actually going to do it for us. So until next time, that's ARGS, baby. Seen it. Seen it. Don't care. Gross. Babe, you've been scrolling through the queue for hours. Just pick something already. It's not that simple. I'm a man of discerning taste. Oh yes, only the finest cat girls for you. Ears must be five inches or more. Anything less would be an affront to Kamisama. Does this sound like you? Does that sound like anyone? If so, we can help. We're two weirdos and we have our own podcast. On our show, Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends, we highlight the best. Not the best. We highlight the most thrilling. Uh, Not that either. We highlight anime? Yes. Odd, amusing, and oddly amusing anime from Japan and beyond. Semi-deep dive discussions, dated references, weep shit. We got it all. Who are you people? You got anything with cat ears? No, forget the cat ears. I want broken mama's boys. 